The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Be a joke. What does Aladdin wear to the office on casual Fridays? His blue genies. Listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network, Riotcast.com. I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease, so I'm paging Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve! It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner that keeps the alternative medicine assholes at bay. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. She who will do most anything for a glass of expensive wine, it's Lady Diagnosis. Hey, Dr. Steve. Hello. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet, Lady Diagnosis. If you have a question, you're embarrassed to take your regular medical provider. If you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call. 347-766-4323. That's 347. If you're listening to us live... Well, you're not, because we're not broadcasting live today. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or Lady Diagnosis or Dr. Scott WM. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything here with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse, practitioner, physician, assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. Esthetician. Or esthetician. I haven't had a request for that one yet. It's just when people go, well, well, how about what I do? And then I just add it. It's fine. I don't care. Who cares? <laughs> Ask everybody. <laughs> we don't care. I have really kind of a bummer, a, a, a medical story that I wanted to cover today. And it is really a bummer. And uh, we'll get to dicks and nuts and some other stuff. Um, Spit after, and boogers. After that. Um, but um, I saw this in the um, newspaper, and it really kind of broke my heart. And here's the thing. There was a, a solution to this that didn't result in the bad outcome that happened. So I'll just read you this. A Westbrook man helped his cancer-stricken wife die by suicide and now faces a manslaughter charge, Ugh. state police said. Kevin Connor, 65, told investigators he held a revolver to the head of his wife, Lori, who pulled the trigger... September 6th, according to the arrest warrant. 
Connors turned himself in at a state police barracks Thursday and posted $50,000 bail. He's scheduled to make a court appearance on Friday. A phone message was left. Okay, whatever. On the night his wife died, Connors called 911, told officers who arrived that he'd been woken up by the sound of the gunshot. Oops, he was telling a fib. Questioned further by police, he said he had helped his wife because he couldn't watch her suffer anymore. He said he held the gun because his wife was worried about flinching when pulling the trigger, according to the warrant. Lori Connors had been diagnosed with terminal cancer and was undergoing chemotherapy treatments, which combined with symptoms of Lyme disease, made her very ill and sapped her will to live, police said Kevin Connors told them. Okay, and then there's more. But, you know, so now the woman is dead. He uh, lives on, but now he's, you know, maybe going to jail. Depends on what happens, but he got arrested. And he's never going to forget the image of, you know, and the the scenario of him holding the gun to his wife's head while she pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. None of this was necessary. Okay. And I know, look, I, I know they felt like they didn't have any options. And that's what makes me sad about this because mm-hmm. apparently their oncologist didn't talk to them about palliative medicine. Uh, nobody mentioned hospice to them or that they could. she could stop the chemo if she wanted to. That's what I was going to ask. There's so many things that went wrong with this as far as the communication that was delivered to them. Uh, there's no – look, so I'm, 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 I wanted to put this out there because if there's anybody listening – we have a lot of people listening to this show. If there's anybody listening that's in a similar situation, e- to email me, mm-hmm. weirdmedicine at riotcast.com. Or go to drsteve.com and click contact. Ignore all the warnings. That's for people who don't listen to the show. Um, and and then email me there. Dr. Scott and I, if there's anything Dr. Scott can do, Absolutely. that guy forward to him. Absolutely. Uh, lady diagnosis can, you know, I don't know, do show you her, you know, whatever. Beautiful face. <laughs> She's pretty awesome. It's 2019, Harvey. Just shut the f up, okay? But the, uh, but anyway, uh, look, I I um, can help in the sense that I can f- you know talk to people about this stuff, but I can also get them hooked up with the right people in their area. Um, it's uh, this is heartbreaking because look, even if you want to end it yourself, end your own life. There's other ways to do it. If you, if she were in hospice, for example, they'll give you a two-week supply of your long-acting and short-acting pain medication. That, I'm not advocating anybody do this, but that's always enough to, you know, to take care of things in a very painless way. Mm-hmm. But what I found is people who express to me a desire to end their life quickly, often that desire goes away when I demonstrate to them that we can get their symptoms under control without them dying. Right. And then all of a sudden, well, now, well, shit, Avengers Endgame is coming out. Uh, maybe I'll wait till then. Right on. You know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you start all of a sudden ha- ha- having things that you want to do uh, because you're not having just unending pain and suffering. It's not necessary. If you are in a cancer center and you have unremitting pain and suffering and the oncologist can help you ask them to refer you to palliative medicine all right i guess a lot of people don't even know what that is or they that it don't exist but okay so, so there is this how? thing now called the oncology care model and this is hmm. a pilot program that mm-hmm. medicare is doing a lot of cancer centers have adopted it 
uh, <clears throat> has a pilot program. In that, they are required okay, good. to give you information about palliative medicine, and they are required for their patients to have access to palliative medicine. Hmm. It doesn't mean they have to have a specialist. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, the, the oncologist can do it because mm-hmm. they get trained in this stuff. You know, I have oncology fellows that uh, train with me and uh, residents and medical students and stuff like that. But um, but in our cancer center, we have a <clears throat> fully functional, it sounds like I need palliative medicine, a fully functional uh, palliative medicine service. Mm-hmm. So everyone who's getting non-curative chemotherapy gets sent to us whether they think they need us or not. Well, good, because a lot of people don't even know what palliative medicine of course, is. And right. They've never heard of it, so they don't know that's an option. Now, I have a lot of people that don't show up so, because of that, because yeah. the oncologists are not taking two seconds to tell them what it is. They have to educate them, yeah. And I love my partners, but they've got other things going on. So I've even created a letter mm-hmm. that they can just hand to the patient and say, hey, I'm Dr. Steve, and mm-hmm. this is what we do, and here's what we can do for you and you know we're going to do this this and this on your visit and all that stuff and the the patient has the right to decline to go Mm -hmm. but at least they know what it is Mm -hmm. and they know it's out there and uh there's no reason to suffer like this if you're a cancer patient none Mm -hmm. and really no reason it's not in palliative medicine isn't just for cancer patients either uh that's our biggest client but you know we see copd strokes dementia you know, congestive heart failure, all kinds of stuff. So all people who have a, um, a a disease that's advanced that probably will take them out of this world may benefit from seeing a palliative medicine provider. So if you need something like that, I have a list of just about every palliative medicine person in the United States. Feel free to email me. I can hook you up with them. If I call them, they will know who I am I'm, without saying why they'll know who I am, but they'll know who I am, and I can uh, get them to uh, see you, okay? So just, uh, I don't want anybody else to have to go through this. I went, you know, more bummer stuff. I I went into palliative medicine because my mom suffered so much at the end of her life that when I, um, you know, we were just helpless, Mm -hmm. that when uh, I had the one lecture on end-of-life symptom management, when I was one hour out of seven years of medical training, I really paid attention. And later on, I decided I didn't want anybody else's mom to go through what mine did. And uh, when I realized I could make a career out of it, I did. So, you know, but anyway. And uh, people say, well, why do you do this show for 15 years? When you have my job, you got to do something that yeah. just makes you laugh mm. <laughs> at some point. Yeah, if you don't, point. you'll go crazy. Yeah. I have but a tattoo on my arm. do people ever appreciate you? I know it's yes. kind of a horrible time in everyone's lives. Yes. Do they? More so in this job than any time. If, if I was when i did family medicine Mm -hmm. maybe somebody would thank me once or twice a year and Mm -hmm. i was pretty good Mm -hmm. uh but i get expressions of appreciation every day multiple times a day in this job may interrupt please um i'm going to interrupt because 
I get a lot of patients that that Dr. Steve helped um, their family members, and they just can't say Aww. enough. Yeah, I mean, oh, which, which, yeah, I mean, it's just incredible. It's because it, it's the truth, and it's a tough gig. But that's got to be. I mean, a it makes job. a huge. It's difference. not it, though. It I makes was a huge difference. I feel like I was yeah. called to do it. Jay Moore asked me uh-huh. when uh, when we met in uh, Knoxville once. He said, "Why are you, could, how could you do it?" I said, "I was called mm-hmm. to yeah. do this, and if you're called to do something, it's easy." And Jay's kind of had this sort of religious conversion and he understood that and he just you know hugged mm-hmm. me and said i understand called mm-hmm. to do something you know yeah, that's chase cool guy yeah. but uh you know without getting too maudlin or anything mm-hmm. i have a tattoo on my arm that reminds me why i do my job mm-hmm. it's sedare dolorum opus divinum est it's latin and it means the relief of pain is divine work or is a divine job or is God's work or whatever. But, you know, it's not, there's no ornamentation with it. It just is permanently there so that I don't forget because every once in a while, yeah. this shit gets to you. Yeah, oh, sure. And then you got to, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And then, but anyway, all right. Okay, enough of that. Get on to Dick and that stuff. Penis but, things. Yeah, we did Morning Wood last Butt time. Things. That was yes. a good one. Really? Morning Wood is interesting. Oh, oh, and he also, that guy last week asked if someone with erectile dysfunction can get morning wood. It all depends on what the cause of the erectile dysfunction is. If it is psychological, absolutely they can get morning wood. As a matter of fact, that would be a good determinant. It's a diagnostic determinant, determinant, yes. If you can get morning wood, then your erectile dysfunction is psychological. Uh, If you get erections in the middle of the night, and we have ways to test that. You can do a little Velcro uh, pressure gauge, or you could, they'll take like a piece of tape, roll of stamps, or a yeah. piece of tape. <laughs> sure. And uh, if the stamps are broken in the yep. morning, then sure. you had an erection. Yep. Or the tape is, yeah. You know, there's no, a no longer tape. There's a bunch of different ways. Hmm. Tumesmometer or something like that. It measures penile tumescence. I can't remember the name. I'm just making that word up, but uh, it, it's, <laughs> it's going to be something like that. And uh, it will uh, also look and see if you get uh, you know a nice. Meaty erection meaty in the middle erection. of the night. So, uh, okay. So let's see here. Let's do this one. Stupid thing that seems much. Whoops! What? Today, mate. Oh wait, wait. You know, first thing we got to do. This is most important. Number one thing: don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. That's more important than anything else. Uh, I have a question about cramps and stuff. So I tend to get painful cramps in me tummy when I move in a certain position or something or if I do a stupid thing that seems mundane seems ordinary but every once in a while well, pretty occasionally it happens a freaking lot and I get them in, in my feet too yeah. you know where you normally get cramps is that just dehydration or is it a potassium deficiency isn't it my wiener causing it because it's so big? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, let me know. Yeah, I like the medical questions people call in, and what they're really doing is bragging. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, muscle cramps. Uh, Dr. Scott, but I'm in sure. in his tummy, does he mean like. I'm assuming that he means abdominal, abdominal okay. cramps. Muscles, yeah. You can get that. You can get cramps in your taint. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while, I'll wake up with a cramp in my leg, and I have to get up and walk around. And it's so bad that um, um, it actually makes my foot uh, curve in. 
And so I'm walking on the side of my foot for a while because the, the treatment for a muscle cramp in the acute phase is counter stretching. So if it's if it's stretch if it's cramping, contracting in one direction, you wanna pull it yeah. you wanna pull it on the other side. But when it's multiple muscles, that's hard to do. Mm. So, uh, so, I, but I have to get up and walk around. If I walk around for about thirty seconds to a minute, that goes away, and then I'm okay. So he needs to do back bends. So, yeah, maybe, maybe, um, yeah, it's a tough one, or just stand up straight because it's probably he's curled oh, over maybe, and just okay. stand up straight. Uh, so we used to prescribe for people that had these frequently quinine, but then the FDA told us we had to stop doing that. But you can still buy quinine. Sure. Over the counter in the form of tonic, tonic water. water yeah. yeah, Dr. Scott, you got anything on the in the uh, alternative medicine realm for uh, muscle cramps? I like uh, astragalus, but for real? Yeah, actually, I do because that's your answer for everything. So I'm just wondering. <laughs> no, I do. I like astragalus, but honestly, it sounds like what he's doing is just a normal muscle spasms and overuse syndrome, typically, yeah. especially if in your feet or yeah. in your abdominal wall. You know. It so, could be dehydration, it could be magnesium, it could be potassium. I, I, mean, I like magnesium better than potassium yeah. because potassium is so tightly regulated in the body that mm. you're almost never right. Like if I if I test all of our potassiums, they're all going to be within you know a tenth of a point mm. of each other, and then uh, just like pH, pH is so tightly. Mm. I'll guarantee you that if we did a pH on all of us, it'll all be seven point four. Whether you're on an alkaline diet or I'm drinking alkaline water or any of that stuff, your pH is going to be exactly the yeah. same. The your the pH of your urine will be different. Because that's one of the ways that the body you Bounces know regulate that, yeah. But um, so I, I I always hear potassium. Eat bananas and stuff. I've never had anybody get benefit from that. Any no. benefit from that? Yeah. Um, but magnesium, yes, Absolutely. and certainly tonic water. Now, Gatorade it, does that have anything to do with cramping, or is that just hydration? Well, completely. I'm, I'm going to give you one of these. Give yourself a bill. And I'll tell you why because. Mm-hmm. One of the main reasons it's felt to cause this is when people are have a relative dehydration. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm on a fluid pill right now, so I can easily have a, a, a negative fluid balance, and I think that's when mine kick in. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who are on diuretics do tend to be more um, prone to these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gatorade, if you can just get the ones that aren't real high in sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the know, problem with Gatorade. Yeah. It's got, got a lot some, of sugar in it. So yeah. it's great for rehydrating right. after exercise, but if you're just drinking a bunch of Gatorades, it's probably not yeah. real good for you. But uh, they do have some electrolytes in them. they got a little potassium mm-hmm. and sodium and stuff like that. But So stretching, just, would stretching not do any good if yes. you stretch every day? Uh, to prevent them, I don't know. I, and I, even if I, you have a tight muscle if you are having a cramp stretching in the other opposite direction right. absolutely makes makes a benefit but it's not really going to do much probably if it's if it not is a magnesium or I'm not a hydration I'm not aware of you know like so what you would be thinking is if you stretch before you go to bed maybe you won't get the cramp and mm-hmm. I'm not aware of any okay. connection so it's not like a preventative doesn't mean doesn't mean it wouldn't be I'm yeah. just not aware of any data that says that it would maybe you should so I mean, it's you know, stretching's never a bad yeah, thing. That would that'd be an easy one to do. Mm-hmm. Um, get a bunch of people that have leg cramps on a regular basis. Have some of them stretch before, and the other group absolutely don't do it, and just see if there's any benefit to it. That'd be an easy study to do. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to spend money on it, but I mean, we could do it if we could find enough people that had you know regular ne- leg cramps. Regular, yeah. yeah. 
Um, but anyway, yeah, there's a way we could actually do some scientific studies out there. They would not be, uh, they would be, have to be pilot studies in the sense that you couldn't rely on them. But we could, you know, we've got thousands of listeners. There's got to be 50 people that have regular leg cramps. If we could get 25 to do the stretches and 25 to not and then report back to us, you know, we we could at least make some conclusions from that. Mm. You can't. Uh, rule out that people are just fucking with us and telling us something completely wrong just for the hell of it. So that's why it wouldn't be uh, a, you know, a rigorous study, but at least we could get some ideas from that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you can't prove cramping and measure it, can right. you? Right. Well, you can measure it, yes. You actually oh, you can. can. You could measure it using uh, the proper um, crampometer. Yeah, a crampometer. <laughs> yeah. Is that like a crapometer? <laughs> <laughs> but you can, um, uh, yeah, you can There's see contraction of muscles of just the electrical activity. You could oh, absolutely okay. do that. Yeah, I can't think of the machine, but you can tape it on there and it'll measure the electromyograph yeah 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 yep. Yep. PMG. so yep. yep okay um that could be done um so do your stretches but anyway take your magnesium drink some water drink water and uh yeah stay hydrated and then if you have a chronic problem uh try some tonic water every night four ounces should do it it could be diet tonic water and then the the other thing i just want to throw out there is if you're having muscle cramps all over everywhere and it's frequent, go get checked because there are a couple of serious conditions that, you know, that you can see uh, ongoing muscle cramps with. But that, that would those would be things where, the, the you know, one minute they're cramping in their hand and then the upper arm and then the abdomen and then the leg and then the feet. And it's just all over everywhere and it's constant. Well, That's a whole other thing. Yeah, it's a whole other thing. But one other thing is what 98% of all those cramps are idiopathic. Oh, yeah. And benign. But Idiopathic, you, meaning that the patient's an idiot and the doctor's pathetic. No, it's the other way around. The doctor's an idiot and the patient's pathetic. But you know, one thing we didn't no, touch is idiopathic <laughs> means we don't, there's no known cause. But the one thing it. we did not touch on is he could have some iatrogenic causes. I mean, if he's taking certain medications, it causes spasms. So just check your medicine kit, too. Yep, yep, yeah. Particularly, like and I said, he's diuretics. Taking yep. Okay. Hey, I love the show. Hey, how are drug addicts ruin it for people that need medicine? I know you talk a lot about opiates on your show, but if someone needs like an anxiety medication like a benzodiazepine, why is it so damn weird that the generic drugs differ so much? Sometimes they don't even put the medicine in the generic drug. Or then if you want to call the pharmacy and ask if they have a certain manufacturer because they vary by manufacturer, they get so damn weird, the pharmacist. Some of them get so damn weird and treat you like you know, not even like a real person. Should you call the, the the regular manager of the store and tell them talk to the the, the pharmacist boss or something like that? Because yeah, I don't, I, I'm I'm getting lost in the weeds on that one at that point. Um, but let's talk about generics for a second. Uh, the FDA requires that the active ingredient in a generic medication has to be exactly the same as in the brand name drug. Now. If it's not, there are these things where um, they have these biosimilar drugs. Those are usually big proteins, and they have the same activity, but they're not exactly the same drug. That's a different thing. That's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about generic drugs. must be the same, um, the exactly the same molecule, and the generic medicine has to have the same strength, the use indications, and the form in other words, if it's a tablet in the branded, it's got to be a tablet in the other thing or injectable. 
and the route of administration has to be exactly the same. If it's not, then it's not a legal generic, and the they're very um, strict about this stuff, and they monitor it, and the the activities. It's got to be within like five percent or something like that. I I don't know the exact number. Let me see if I can find. So it does somewhere. just one company make all generics, no. or different companies? There is a big one called Teva. They're Israeli company, and they make a ton of generics, and they also make some branded stuff too. Uh, they are pretty much at least back in the day were the king of uh, the generics. But there's lots of companies that make generic oh. drugs. Yeah, a lot of them uh, are. There are a lot of generic drugs coming from Canada or in Canada, from uh, China now. Um, let me see here. Yeah, approved generic medications are generally only sold after patents and exclusivities protecting the brand name version end. Then, and that's that's another thing. Reason why Teva is funny is because when the companies get within about a year, and and I hope I'm not committing libel or. Uh, by by saying this or slander, whichever the spoken one is, um, <clears throat> right around when there's a year left in the in the patent, they'll just come out with their generic and dare the companies to to sue them. Ooh. Yeah, they're 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 pretty funny that way. And but you know, the, you'll save a ton of money going with generics. Not always, but a lot of times you will. And it really is, for the most part, the same drug. Now, the binders might be different than some people could be. They say, well, I'm allergic to generics. Now, what they're, they may be allergic to is a specific binder that was used in a generic drug, and the branded drug is better for them. Now, he was talking about pharmacies and asking for specific manufacturers. So, like, if you call a pharmacy and say, do you have Teva uh, uh, generic you know, chlorthalidone, for example. Yeah, they're going to go, dude, you know, we have a distributor, and whatever the distributor can get the best deal on is what we're going to have. Mm. And they want the highest profit margin. So a lot of times um, I can save more money by using a branded uh, discount card uh, than getting the generic. So, uh, for example... Uh, let's say a statin drug, you know, let's call it, um, I don't know, Procula statin. And you, it has a discount card that pays your copay up to $50. And, uh, and then there's a generic of the same drug that's out and your copay for it, because there's no card for it might be $20. So I can actually get the branded drug cheaper to me, my end cost. Now, it's costing the system more money right. uh, than I can the generic. So every once – and it, people out there, we talk about this about once a year. If you're having trouble paying for your branded medication, almost always you can put the brand name in and then put .com. And then in the upper right-hand corner, usually it will have patient assistance, and you can download a uh, card, a discount card. This doesn't work if you have Medicare or Medicaid, though, because mm. uh, the government has excluded <laughs> their patients from being able to get these cards, which I've never understood that. If I were running for president, the first thing I would do is say, look, a discount cards should work for everybody, including Medicare and Medicaid patients. That's just silly. Mm-hmm. But... Um, uh, but you can almost always get a a, um, a discount card, and it may pay pay your copay, or uh, you'll it'll say zero cash down or something like that. Okay, hmm. so do that. I've never heard that. All right, there you go. That's generic for you. Hi, Doctor Steve. 
so a couple of months ago, I took a little bit too much of those marijuana edibles. And what happened was I had a classic back trip, complete with uh, panic attacks and paranoia and slight hallucinations and everything. And for two months now, I feel like I haven't been normal. I have this weird anxiety uh, going on where I have this uh, strange hollow feeling in my chest. Or I don't even know how to explain it properly. It's maybe uh, it's not a heaviness. But it's like a sinking feeling in my chest, and I wake up sometimes with my heart racing, and you know, there's the classic DPDR, depersonalization, derealization going on as well. That kind of tapered off a little bit, but I think it's worse when I wake up. Um, you know, waking up kind of—I don't know if I'm dreaming too. If the dreams are causing me to panic or to have more anxiety. Hmm. Well, so do you think he quit taking the edibles? Is that the sounds insinuation? Like, oh, sounds like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, sounds I, like it freaked him out. Well, he said he had a bad trip. Uh, you know, first off, did the edibles come from a legitimate source? Mm-hmm. And what else was in them? If they didn't, could there have been something else in there? Could they have been? You know, there have been adulterants in there. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, if he had a really horrendous episode. It's much more likely he now has a little bit of post-traumatic anxiety than anything else. Uh, As far as long-term effects from a single use of THC, I don't, you know, it could happen, Mm -hmm. I guess, but it would be exceedingly rare, if if not vanishingly unusual. There are long-term effects from, you know, constant use of THC including this thing, which really sucks, called, uh, you know, THC hyperemesis syndrome. These are people who all of a sudden start puking and they can't stop. And we use cannabis for for people who are puking with, um, you know, chemotherapy. It's one of the best drugs we've got. It, uh, the synthetic version is called dronabinol or marinol, also sold as Syndros, and there may be one other one as well. Um, and uh, it's great, but if you are taking it constantly and chronic use, it can actually have the opposite effect. Um, those people have really no choice but to just stop using THC as a drug altogether. Uh, there are a couple of, uh, you know, uh, cohort studies that looked at chronic psychosis, depersonalization, chronic anxiety, that kind of stuff. Uh, tends to be associated with heavy chronic use and is still very unusual. It's certainly safer than heavy chronic use of alcohol mm-hmm. or other or cocaine and other drugs like sure. that. So, so isn't pot or pot cookies or edibles, yeah. <clears throat> isn't that supposed to mellow you out? Yes, and it does. So if he took another one, wouldn't that uh, well, decrease his anxiety? First, I don't know if it's legal where he is. And again, if he has a legitimate source, certainly if that source was illegitimate and it was adulterated, I would certainly would not well, no, recommend he take right. any more. If you found a legitimate source, well, maybe. would that not be an option maybe. since that's what it's supposed to do, I mean, Dr. He, Scott? He could yeah. try it, but I'm not recommending that because he just had a horrendous uh, yeah. episode with this. Sounds I, like Go no ahead. Quite, if no. he's in a mar- medical marijuana state, mm-hmm. for sure, go talk to a provider and mm-hmm. see if they've got any ideas on that. I have no problem with that. But at this point, if it's post-traumatic, he needs talk therapy and the quickest way to get to 
uh, relief is going to be with cognitive behavioral therapy. Just look up a cognitive behavioral therapist and go talk to them about it. And uh, you, you may need some medication mm-hmm. as well just to get you over this, but this should go away. Yes. Mine certainly did. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and I was just going to say in Chinese, we actually call it heart, heart sink. It's a heart sink mm-hmm. syndrome, yeah. and, and, and that's that kind of empty feeling in the chest. Um, but it's, And it does kind of sound like when he took his... Um, those the ma- ma- major dose of the edibles, whatever was in them, kicked in. He may have had some underlying anxiety anyway, yeah. and it just really exacerbated. So it's yeah, my I, issue with it, with the edibles yeah. anyway is you can't once they're in your stomach, you can't control the absorption. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're toking off a little vape pen or a mm-hmm. spleef or mm-hmm. a blunt or uh, what's the the new one? Uh, not a pumpkin. What is? It? I can't remember the name mm-hmm. of it. It's the big ass damn thing. But mm-hmm. um, uh, then you can control it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get a little bit too much, you're going to know right away, and you're mm-hmm. just going to stop. Mm-hmm. Whereas if if you eat, you a know, thirty milligram gummy, yes, like, and then whoa, you, there's nothing you can, there's yeah. nothing you can mm-hmm. do. Yeah. yeah, and then what will happen is it takes thirty minutes. Oh, so they're taking. Well, nothing's happening, so I'm going to take, take more. more. And the next thing they know, they've gotten too much, mm-hmm. and uh, you can't control. It's just like, and don't do this at home. Champagne enema. If you're drinking champagne and you drink too much, what's going to happen? You'll get sloppy, you'll and vomit. people will cut you off, yeah. or you'll pass out mm-hmm. and uh, just stop drinking. Whereas if you shove it up your ass, a whole bottle, and you absorb it all at once, you have no control over it. Mm-hmm. You know, I can kind of control my buzz when I'm drinking it, mm-hmm. but if you do it all at once into a mucosa that readily will absorb it, you can't. You don't have any control. Gotcha. Yeah, but I, I think he's going to get better. I think with a little bit of time yeah. and some counseling for sure. Yeah, and he might I think need so. a little bit of medicine just initially, but I maybe think he's going to do well. Maybe. Well, I don't know if he's going to do well, but right there, there is a pathway for him to get better, and he doesn't have to feel like this. Right it out. Okay. All right. All right, let's do. We do one more. Hey, Al, Dr. Steve. Yep. I got a tummy ache. Mm-hmm. Poor now, little fella. Over here to the left side, like where my pancreas is, or my, my okay. swim bladder. I can't. <laughs> where his swim bladder is. Okay, wait a minute. He's being funny because that's not where your pancreas uh, is. Or my my swim bladder. I don't know what it, it hurts. <laughs> I don't know if it's my appendix or what, but, like, I don't like it. Uh, what do I do? Okay. So he has left-sided abdominal pain. So the question is, what's there? Well, it's not your appendix. It's not, it's not your, your appendix. <laughs> when you have appendicitis, it'll start usually uh, by you being con- constipated, can't drop a deuce. Mm-hmm. And the pain will usually start around the belly button and then over time work its way to the left lower, I'm sorry, right the, lower, the right lower, lower quadrant, quadrant of yep. the abdomen. And uh, now, that's not always the case. I think Ronnie B. talked about mm-hmm. this on his radio show way back when he and I did a show together. Um, his appendix was rotated backwards, so he actually had back pain. Okay. You know, and they thought he had a kidney stone and realized that he had uh, appendicitis. So, you know, but it's always going to be intense and pretty excruciating. And it will be accompanied by you can't uh, an ileus or a paralysis of the bowel. So you won't be moving your bowels for a couple of days and maybe little grade fever and all that stuff. So that's not what this is. This is on the left side, not the right side. Pancre- pancreatic pain will usually be right in the middle, right under the rib cage. 
okay? And it can work its way to the right as well, but most of the time it'll be there. Gallbladder will be in the upper right hand uh, 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 area under the liver and right under the rib cage. Mm-hmm. So it's not probably not that. Uh, so what is on the left side? Well, you've got kidneys over there. Yep. So kidney stone is a possibility or urinary tract infection. Yep. Um, you Kidney stone pain usually comes and goes, and it's excruciating as well, really sharp pain um, and that waxes and wanes. Um, he could uh, have diverticulitis yep. because the bowel starts in the right, where the appendix is, in the lower right quadrant of the abdomen, works its way up, goes across under the rib cage, and then works its way back down to the ass uh, on the left side. So, um, and there's usually a lot, lots of um, heavy pressure, particularly when people have giant, hard American turds, and they're trying to, you know, force them out, you'll get the diverticulitis or diverticulosis in the left quadrant. Okay, so that's a possibility. One's left quadrant, the um, splenic flexure. So the spleen is that, that was also, very good. Where you going next? Yeah. Yep, we'll give you that. Uh, give yourself a bell for that one. That w- you could have a problem with your spleen. Either it's enlarged because you have mono and didn't know mm-hmm. it, or you could have a thing called a splenic infarct. That's a possibility as well, where part of the spleen just dies for no reason. And usually it's not that big of a deal, but it can be painful. So those are the only things I can think of that are common on the left side. Go ahead. That, the only other thing I was thinking, it's possibly a little gastritis or gastric ulcer. Just yeah, it's Usually possible, that's going to be in the middle to the right, middle. though. But yeah. that could be anywhere. Yeah. Right. So do you have to go to the doctor for all those I things? I would. Okay. Yeah, yeah but, he could have, Dr. Steve, the other thing, he could have like a pleurisy it's on the left side, the upper left side, possibly. Pleurisy, yeah. uh, so pleurisy is inflammation of the lining of the of the rib cage yeah. that surrounds the lung. That'll usually be, you know, up above the the rim of the uh, rib, a little higher of the rib yeah. cage, yeah. you know, where the hard part starts. So, but yeah, that's a possibility as well. So all of those in other words, things it could possible. be a bunch. Of things. It could be a bunch of things, <laughs> yeah. but it's a bunch of stuff. It's probably not, which yeah. is appendicitis. Um, gallbladder, right. stuff like that. So, all right. So, yeah, if it's if it's persisting, don't call some dumb radio show. Just go get it checked out. <laughs> all right. Right on. Well, thanks. Always go to uh, Dr. Scott Lady Diagnosis. Don't forget stuff.drsteve.com. Stuff.drsteve.com for all of your online shopping needs. Just go there and click through to Amazon or scroll down and look at all the different products we have uh, that are on there that we've talked about on this show. Uh, don't forget Noom, N-O-O-M dot drsteve.com. If you want to lose weight with me, I'm finally at my ideal body weight for the first time since college. And I attribute it all to Noom. And um, it's I, I'm a huge fan. Um, also, uh, don't forget premium.drsteve.com, where you can get uh, archives of the show, or you can get the full archives of the show on a thumb drive for 30 bucks. I uh, go into drsteve.com and it's right there on the front page. Uh, you will you will find it. That the who seek seeketh uh, knowledge can find it there. Check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. Particularly this time of year is sinus rinse, but he's also got you still got stress less and oh, yeah. fatigue reprieve on right there. On. Uh, that was Gvac's favorite was the fatigue yeah. reprieve. So, um, and uh, what else? Is that it? Well, shit. Thanks, everybody. Premium.drsteve.com. 
listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM Saturdays at 8 p.m. and Sundays at 5 p.m. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, get some exercise, and we'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. 